right, this is the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. Um, little weird to start off this episode because it happened. We're recording this one day after the news that Chadwick Boseman died. So whenever you're hearing this, just know this is one day after. And I don't really know what to say. It's kind of weird because the dude seemed perfectly healthy. And he just kept this colon cancer a secret for like four years and did all the movies and every, all the charitable work and everything he did was just... He just kept it a secret the whole time, and it's just actually kind of unbelievable. So we're going to spend one or two minutes just acknowledging him, and um, one of y'all want to jump in? Um, I know when I first heard the news or read the news, um, was it Friday night, it it hit me uh, pretty hard because um, obviously for those who don't know, this is a you know, a, a medium where you cannot see my face, but I am a black man. And um, Chadwick Boseman, uh, being another black man, it just hits a bit different, especially because he played. He, my biggest thing in movies is representation. Uh, and he was the ultimate form of representation and being able to bring the Black Panther to life. Uh, and I thought that was fantastic. Uh, so I just always look for movies where. Um, especially me growing up, I, I would say I'm a bit of a nerd. So like growing up, anytime we could get like accurate black representation on screen, I loved it. Um, also, that's why I had high hopes for uh, the new Star Wars trilogy with Finn. But we'll get into that at a different time. Way later. This, this is about Chadwick. Um, well, and so it was just it just hurt. It's also like he didn't just portray like the first. I guess he got Blade, but he did you know Black Panther, which the first true. MCU black yeah. superhero who was the leader of an African nation that was so far te- technologically advanced than anything in the world. He's just, it was great. And he also played Jackie Robinson, another black icon, you know? So like, and he was just a great actor. So Yorton, you were going to say something? Uh, I was going to say for me, I, I think what hit hard was it's just uh, how quickly it happened. And, just nowhere. the fact that you felt, yeah, out of nowhere, and the fact that he, you felt like, oh, this is a true movie star in the making right here. He was hitting the prime of his career and everything, mm-hmm. and it was something not, not his fault or anything like that. It was just he, just you know, damn, what, what to, to get hit by? Like we didn't, and, have, we didn't have like a year to like, man, he's sick. It might happen. It's like no, it yeah. just happened. You know. Talk about a real life superhero, though. He, like yeah. you said at the beginning, he just kept all that stuff under wraps and just kept doing everything. And he was always out. And then he had an interview where he's talking to, I want to say it's probably Vanity Fair. And in between his roles, he had to lose uh, weight from doing Civil War, or he had to bulk up for Civil War. And mm-hmm. he had to lose the weight for another movie right after I think it was Marshall. And then he had to bulk back up uh, to do the uh, Black Panther back to back. Yeah, the back uh, Black Panther and then back to back Avengers movies, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You have no idea how it was." And he was right. And he was like, "I'm gonna live to tell the story. It's gonna be a great story. Just wait on it." And it just sent chills down my body. Just like, dude, what what a fucking superhero in real life. Yeah. I mean, I know. Okay. Like he he died super young. But at the same time, to have to do that at 
like bulk up and all that stuff and you're like 40 years old and lose the weight, that's not easy when you're 40 years old, you know? And not only on top, on top of that, he had this cancer the whole time. So it's just unbelievable he was doing all that stuff, you know? Just crazy. It's a sad day. Um, he will be missed, I'm sure. Um, maybe quicker than anticipated. We'll, we'll try to pick a few of his movies and, and do them on the podcast. We'll see where it goes. But um, rest in power, rest in peace. Chadwick Bozeman. we all miss you. Yep. Welcome to the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. We are back with round two of Camera Crow. Um, this movie came out in theaters December of 1996. It was the number one movie for four weeks, y'all. Four weeks. During these four weeks, it faced down movies like Mars Attacks, Evita. Y'all remember Evita? Oh. Yeah, I remember. Don't see it. <laughs> I don't, don't think know. I saw it, but I remember the the Argentina song. Um, it also... Uh, Scream tried to, you know, it tried to take it down. It couldn't do it. And the movie Michael tried to take it down. Just couldn't do it. Four weeks. It had a budget of $50 million. And it grossed in a, domestically a hundred, over $150 million. And worldwide, it grossed over $270 million. So it made was, plenty of money back. What's up, Jordan? I was going to say, that's a brilliant time to come out with a good movie right there. You know, just like, because all those other movies... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm this like, is a great. Let's take my wife or girlfriend and see this movie, and it's better than just your typical romantic movie, you know. Um, it firmly it firmly established Cameron Crow as a big time writer director and made Renee Zellweger a household name. And this movie is like iconic; like people still quote it today. So that that's uh, Jerry Maguire. Um, so guys, um. Whether or not this movie makes the Hall of Fame or not, it's a great film on every level. That's my opinion. Where are you at, Jer- Jared? Uh, I loved it. I haven't seen it since, uh, I want to say, like, 97 when I was a kid, so I didn't oh, fully wow. understand. Yeah, I, d- I didn't crap. fully understand. Holy crap, 20-something years. Or- yeah, I was like, I didn't fully understand it then, uh, but I was like, ah, it's not bad. I thought... Um, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. was a character, but then, like, when I was rewatching it uh, this time, I was just like, man, this is a really good movie. So I, I enjoyed it. I really did. It was it was fun. It was refreshing. I'm not a big fan of rom-coms. And this wasn't this a rom-com, was, though. This was the... There's my yeah, next it's point. not comedy. The, my, next, my, my next point. This is the movie that all rom-coms should strive to be. Okay. I get that. I, I there's so much to talk to, but Jordan, go ahead. Uh, for me, it was just it was a fine movie. I mean, uh, for me, it. Hold yeah, on, I have a soundboard. I, I'm gonna start using. Go ahead, I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> just keep talking. Okay, up. but all I'm saying for me, it's it's all right. It's up. Yes, boo, boo okay, this man. <laughs> but I don't know it. I don't want to say it's overhyped, but for me, it felt like it. It's like it, it did its job, but did its job. What is it going to work construction? <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, You're allowed to have that opinion. That they had interesting characters and everything like that, but 
I don't know. I didn't feel hugely invested in it. So what was lacking for you? I don't know. I just found myself wandering off a bit, and it never really stuck with me. What you know I what? Feel like. This is why you're on the podcast because, um, you like we we are are what's it called when you have oh whatever are we cross over on some areas with movies right? But we definitely like you hate horror movies, and I can yeah. watch horror movies until I die. You know, so like it's very cool because I feel like me and Jared are pretty, yeah, pretty even when it comes to our taste. But it's good to have someone who's you don't like romantic movies. You don't like horror movies. I, there are romantic movies I like. This just one wasn't. And I think maybe it was the fact that I do like romantic comedies, but I don't feel like this was a romantic comedy. Like, ha, I didn't get any good laughs or anything in it. No, it's but not a. There's no comedy except. Everything. Yeah. Wait, you didn't laugh at all during this movie? No, I did, but it's definitely I, would not no, be I'm talking to you. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I'm talking to you. There's some parts, maybe a chuckle and everything, but... I, I chuckle, like no out loud laughing? No. Hey, that kid was the cutest thing ever in every time he said something. I, I was yeah. busting out laughing. I the human head weighs all, eight all. pounds. Yes, but I don't find that funny. I might find that awe or that sweet Fair or enough. something like that. But I wouldn't laugh at it. All right. So, uh, listeners, Jordan has zero heart. So, there we go. (laughs) No, it's all right. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe the listeners agree with them. Anyways, um, I figured we could try to – I didn't tell you guys in advance that we're going to do this. So, what we're going to do for the next – like, we're going to cap it at, like, five minutes. Hopefully, it doesn't even take five minutes. We're going to try to come up with our own Mount Rushmore of fictional professional athletes. And I think Rod Tidwell's on that list. So can you guys come up as a team? Can we come up with three more? And I also think what's his name's character from um, the Replaceables should be on that list. Oh yes, you don't uh, disagree. Rod Tidwell nope. and whatever. no, Rod Tidwell definitely. That dance alone solidified it. <laughs> that, uh, that that dance at the end solidified it. Um. Definitely got to go with Steaming Willie Beeman from Any Given Sunday. There we go. All right, that's number three. Well, what's the one uh, Keanu Reeves in it? Replaceables. That's oh, replaceable. That, that's, yeah. uh, that's who you were talking about? Yeah, so that's three. Okay. I'm trying to think of a fourth. Um, I'm the worst because I hate sports movies, so oh, that's man. the one thing that's I do not like. We'll come up with a fourth later, but that's a good three. That's yeah. a good three. All right. So it's weird. When I watch this movie, I was like, oh, it's a fun movie. For the, When I watch it for the first time, I've probably seen it like five times over my life. Like probably spaced out like over five years. Um, but man, it's so weird because ever since I've had my daughter and like the older I get, like I just start tearing up at a commercial. And I teared up legit like three times during this movie. And I, I think it's just because I'm breaking down as a man and... My daughter's having this effect on me, but there's a lot of moments in this movie that just really hit hard for me, especially when that kid said, like, just go, just go already or something when Tom Cruise was packing up. And I was like, oh, my God, this poor kid just wants a dad. I don't know. It just hit me hard. Um, Do you guys think. All right. Here's a question. Is Tom Cruise a good actor? Yorton, you go first. Is Tom Cruise a good actor? I. He puts everything he has in it. He try hard, but 
as an actor, actor, no. But is he interesting to watch? And do, does he typically entertain me? Yes. That's how I would put him. Tom Cruise is that movie star we keep talking about. He, you come to the movies for Tom Cruise. But is he uh, a good actor? No. No. But he's a movie star. Here's he's my answer. Star. Who cares? Yeah. I freaking love watching Tom Cruise movies. I don't care if he sucks in it. You know, it's like I just want I just want to see him do that run with this open fist, chopping in the air. I want to see him do some crazy stunts, and you just can't help but take your eyes. You can't look away from him because he's gonna do something no. crazy, and he's entertaining. And it's well, he's an action star. He's he's. I just I like the weird choices he makes. I don't know. I like watching. I don't. I can't remember one except for Jerry Maguire. I can't remember the name. I guess Ethan Hunt of any of his characters. They're all just, oh, Tom Cruise, and we did that in this movie. You know, He's just Tom Cruise in every movie, and that's usually used as a negative. But for me, I'm like, no, I'll watch Tom Cruise play baseball. I don't care. You and, know what you're getting with Tom Cruise is the, a the whole thing. A fun-ass time is what I'm getting. Yeah. I will say the one thing, like my absolutely favorite part, though, or favorite Tom Cruise part, is one where you didn't even realize at first he was Tom Cruise, and that's in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he was. That, that, that was to me, movie. is the best tom cruise as far as like if you want to talk about him acting and everything um so before we go go into the categories with positives and all that stuff i want to say that these type of movies aren't made today these mid-budget movies you know and um there's a market out there for these budget movies but every movie feels like it's got to be a giant expensive gamble netflix go ahead jordan i I was going to say i feel like the mid-budget movies have been moved more to uh, like HBO and Netflix. and Netflix and Amazon. That's where the mid-budget movies are going. I agree. But the problem with that is more movies are being made, which is good, but they don't quite have the same sort of attention or audience, right? Like if this movie was made today and it was released on Netflix, it wouldn't be quoted the way it is today. You know, like it it would just kind of disappear into the ether because a new movie would be on Netflix the next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because this so, movie was released in theater and everyone went and saw it and it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like that's sort of the medium of how movies and TV are right now. We are all in the instant right now. Yeah. So I feel like if it was released on HBO or HBO Max, it would garner more attention than it would like Netflix because I feel like more people passively watch Netflix excuse me, passively watch Netflix and they do like HBO. I would go with that because with uh, HBO, you're more committed on when you're watching shows and what comes up and everything. Well, Netflix, we are overwhelmed with the amount of media we get right now with Netflix Netflix, and the other streaming. Sometimes they're like, I don't care about quality. The algorithm says people watch this. So we're just going to shit a few of these Adam Sandler movies out, which I love. Um, But like HBO, you feel like they're like, they're only going to make stuff if it's prestige, you know, yeah, like they're very kind of picky, but you're right. But I also don't think if it was released in HBO max, it would be remembered in 20 years. Like it, it is today. I don't know. All right. So let's go ahead and start with our, our positives in this movie. Yorton, since you hate this movie with all your heart, why don't you start? I, I never said I hate this movie. <laughs> I said the actors were fine in the movie and I, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Really? Really? Right. All right. <laughs> Just because I don't love this movie or right, something like Say something that. good about it. Like I said, um, Cuba Gooding Jr., I enjoyed like all his lines on him. They were good. He he put in a lot of passion, and he 
he did feel yeah it's like it makes you remember like oh yeah he is a good actor where sometimes you might forget oh yeah that's the reason why he was around for a while because he is a really good actor he's awesome in this he's he steals the show in this you know like you walk out of the movie just like and you remember him more than anybody else jared what's one of your positives uh, I am definitely going to say I felt like the acting in this movie from everybody was very good. I think Even Tom Cruise. Yeah, no, uh, even Tom Cruise. Uh, he actually did a pretty good job convincing me that he was a sports agent. Yeah. So, um, no, right. I just feel like all, like I'm going to give the shout out to all the actors um, throughout, like from the very top with Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, mm-hmm. all the way down to Regina King. And we had a, oh, yeah. uh, for all my old school mad TV heads, we had Ari Spears in here, um, as Cuba's younger brother, TP yep. like, <laughs> so no, even he did a good job of convincing. Like, I, I just felt like every actor did a really good job. Um, I, I will, I will say name is Jerry O'Connell's dad, whoever played his dad, he, I, I did not like that character. Yeah, I don't I, think he's a racist like asshole. At the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I was like, I but, didn't like that. But you You're brought up the little there, brother and everything. I I enjoyed that little spot that he had when they were watching TV and he was all like hyping himself up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go yeah. ahead since we were already talking about the cast. I'm gonna, that's one of my positives is the casting. You know, like Renee Zellweger was Wedger. I don't know what it is, but anyway, she was perfectly cast. She she. I don't know who else could have played it, like maybe like a Meg Ryan or someone, but you needed someone who's you believe is just like this innocent, wholesome, nice girl who also happens to be like just really beautiful and she doesn't know it, you know? And I think she played it really well. Um, I love her relationship. So this movie to me was all about relationships, right? Her relationship to her son, her relationship to her sister. Like every relationship in this movie is so different and so powerful at the same time. Um, the kid, her son Ray and Jerry had a great relationship. I thought um, Regina King and Rod Tidwell are like relationship goals. The way they just support each other and they're just like ride or die for each other. And they, at, and there's that scene where they're out to eat and you see Jerry and um, Renee Zellweger just watching them and you're like, they realize they don't have that same passion. And it's just it's just a really good scene. Um, well, here's a typo. I meant to put Regina King, but it came out as refund kind. Um, <laughs> Regina King and her son, you know, they have a great relationship as well. The way she like holds him accountable and stuff like go kiss your daddy on TV, you know, stuff like that. And also Jerry Maguire and Rod Tidwell. I love that relationship. They pushed each other. They trusted each other. They stuck with each other. And it's really just about this movie is about relationships. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it's really good in how they like every different relationship was highlighted. And then you even saw that like uh, in the hallway of the locker room near the end of the movie when uh, Rod Tidwell came out and then Jerry Maguire was there and they embraced each other. They cried. And then you saw Jay Moore, sleazy, uh, yeah. uh, sleazy Bob Sugar character uh, with the quarterback. And he hit him and was like, why don't we have a relationship like that? And then so Jay Moore went in for the hug and then the quarterback pushed him off. And so like that, yeah, you hit it right on the head. This movie is about relationships. That was a good relationship too. Uh, Jerry Maguire and Bob Sugar. You know, hey, like, I, Bob Sugar was, was so cool. He's good. I hated him, I but love I Jay liked Moore. him. <laughs> um, I also have, um, I have right here. I, I, I love Jay Moore and I thought he was awesome in this movie. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. who else could play that part. I'm sure there was someone, but 
as someone who just plays like a snarky, sleazy asshole. Jay Moore is like perfect he's for great. that. Like, I mean, obviously he's been typecast as that his entire acting career, but like he just does such a good job at it. And he knows where his bread is buttered. So he's like, I'm not going to step outside of this role. Yeah, no, they you, they picked him because it's like, we wrote this for you knowing that you would fit this role here. Yeah. I will say that with him because, yeah, <laughs> he, I, I like he's the, definitely a sleazy uh, uh, guy on the movie. I like the intro a lot with Jerry Maguire narrating over, like, just kind of breaking it down for you, like, in the world of sports, I'm blah, 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 I'm an agent, I'm the guy who gets some paid, I'm the man behind the scenes, blah, blah, It kind of just, like, hooks you in and lets you know, like, okay, this is what this movie's about. Um, Jared, last week you weren't a fan of the music, but I thought the music in this movie was much better, and it really kind of set the tone for the scenes that were playing out. Did you oh, yeah. agree with um, I definitely agree. My favorite was that uh, the sex scene when him and Renee Zellweger or Dorothy Boyd were in bed, and just this random reggae music starts playing <laughs> after the au pair gave him a mixtape. The jazz music? Uh, I, I laughed at that. I, that was one of my chuckles, I will say. He <laughs> said, what is this music? And I just busted out laughing. I was just like, oh, man. It was the elephant in the room you had to address yeah, at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought it was much better um, this game. So this game, um, <laughs> um, or this movie. This so ooh. I thought the track that stood out the most to me was Bruce Springsteen. Um, I can't. I don't want to like hum it for you, but it, it, they played it twice, and it was like when after the scene where Ray hugged Jerry Maguire and like kissed him on the cheek, and she's like freaking out, and she goes and runs to him. And they meet out in the street, and it's just this. Really beautiful song by Bruce Springsteen. Um, Yorton, what's one of your positives? Uh, the the kid. All, a lot of the scenes with the kid were pretty good. Uh, heartwarming, and then other <laughs> devastation when he the kids in the U-Haul and he's like, Ugh. just go, bro, yeah, dude. I, I, that's scene one of where I started tearing up. Yeah. Yeah, Jared, you got uh, anything else? Uh, another one of the positives. Um, I, I guess I've been talking about it because like I felt like this movie was pretty pretty funny, and so I was just gonna say I like the comedy writing, even though you guys were like it's not intentional comedy. I was like no, I get it, it has, but it was just like smart comedy. Yeah, it has comedic bits for sure. There's yeah, no and so I I actually really did enjoy that because I mean I felt like he tried to do that throughout with say anything, and it didn't land sometimes, but I felt like it landed all the time with that. So you can definitely tell he even got better as a writer. From like the last movie you just watched to this movie, yeah, there was a a a gap in between the two, but you can just tell he got better. Yeah, and that was my last note is I can't get over how good the writing was. Um, there's little moments in this movie. I'm trying to think. There's one um, like when they're at the airport and they kind of really talk for the first time, and she lost her son, and then Ray is just swinging between them. You know, and they're just having a conversation, and it's like, it just kind of, it leads up, it kind of, it builds up the relationship that forms later in the movie. Um, the scene, like, the writing between the kid when he answers the phone for Rod Tidwell, and he's like, I'm the best you got, motherfucker. It is like, are you a football player? <laughs> he's just, like, talking to him on the phone. Put my agent on the phone. You talk a lot. And the kid's just, like, talking <laughs> to him. Um yeah. There's so many moments in this movie that I thought 
just those small bits of writing that I thought really stood out to me. Um, all right. Well, Yorton, I'm sure you have negatives. I have some nitpicks. Um, Yorton, since you were a little bit more down on this than me and Jared, what are some of the negatives that you had? I never felt like Jerry Maguire's chemistry with Renee Selweger. Her chemistry with him, I felt worked, but his chemistry with her, I felt like he just wanted someone. And he, even at the very end of the movie, and I think that's what was one of the hard sales for me on it. Well, that was the character to start with, but I feel Correct. like at the end of the movie, he just kind of realized, like, no, I, I need her. You know, and I, this yeah, is actually they, one of the only movies with Tom Cruise where I actually felt like the chemistry between the him and the leading lady were was actually there. Usually it's not there. That's just yeah. what I think. But I, I get no, what you're saying. And I, I understand that, that that's part of his character is the fact that he can't be alone. And that's what everyone says throughout the movie. And you can see it. But that moment where he, he comes back, I, I just didn't believe it. I'm, I think that was the one of the tough parts for me. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Oh, shoot. I, I left the positive off. I'm sorry. I'll be real quick. I love that. I don't say I love. All right. This movie aged in some <laughs> aspect because it just has, but it it hasn't in others. For example, it predicted the future of athletes pretty accurately when it's like had a lot to do with like concussions and, you know, the safety of athletes and all that stuff. Um, it just kind of like how he predicted MMA was the sport of the future in the last movie. This dude's on top of it, you know? Um, so, Jared, do you have any I, picks? I have one quick thing about about it being uh, with when it came out. How many people do you think would understand now the uh, burning the little black book during his bachelor party? Oh, that's in my negatives. Just wait. <laughs> no, but like, how many people would get what that the meaning of the burning the black little black book meant? Because I'm like, that's not really a thing that people no, talk you about have to nowadays. Burn your soul phone. I was about to say it's deleting your Tinder account yeah. pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's very your true. Uh, so no, a couple of my nitpicks. Um, I did like I like I said I did say something good about Tom Cruise, but I also have to agree with Jordan. I feel like his chemistry with Renee Zellweger was a little bit flat. At times he delivered his lines to her so monotone but like when he was talking to every other character he had like some joy in his voice so i mean i didn't like hate it it wasn't something for me to like oh no i hate this movie because of that so like ray i guess i guess that is like a nitpick it's not really like a full-on negative so that's one of my nitpicks i felt like he had more chemistry with that woman in the uh airport airplane at the beginning of the movie oh yeah me too <laughs> oh forgot about her um yeah. Okay, who interviews your exes and makes a collage of their responses about you for your bachelor party? I've never seen that done. That's crazy. That that's that's weird. Am I wrong? Well, well, I mean, he is the guy that also fired him later in the movie, so maybe he's not the best of friend or best man. <laughs> maybe, but I just that's so weird. Um. <laughs> But I, I do think that sort of went with character development to see how all of his relationships yeah, were. Yeah, I get the plot device of it. I just, I almost feel like it would be better if they just, you know how they kept cutting back to the old guy giving advice? Oh, yeah, from why the not, video. Why not cut back to just the women talking about Jerry Maguire in the same format? But whatever, it worked. That might have, you might have had a, uh, add a lot of contents, context 
with that then. Maybe. I, I feel like he's a good writer. He'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> Rod Tidwell at one point said he smoked Jerry Rice on the field. Bullshit. I ain't buying that. You ain't that good. Otherwise, you would already have that kind of money. I'm just saying. Did y'all remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ron Twidwell is his own hype man, and it's part of this little bit of a charm to it. No, it is It is his charm. And then when Jerry was like, you need to like calm down, be humble, show humility. I'm like, no, I'm here for fucking Ron Tidwell. I need this outlandish behavior. That's what it's like. Yeah. It's like uh, Chad Ochocinco or Chad Johnson before he changed his name. It's just like you came for the show. I mean, yeah, Chad was like really good at route running. But you, you, you're you there for the show. Yeah, for the dances, the end zone yeah. dances, the river dance, and all that fun stuff, yeah. So, yeah. Um, He's a whole package there, you know, a whole package of entertainment. I, I was When I was looking up the trivia, because I was thinking while I was watching, I was like, he's kind of short for a wide receiver. Like, Tom Cruise is almost as tall as him, and Tom Cruise is pretty short, but then they actually wrote that they wrote that bit into the movie about him being oh, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. you got around it. All right, do you guys agree with me on this? There's two people in Hollywood that I just don't like watching kiss women. And one of them's the rock and the other is Tom Cruise. It's weird. I don't know why. It's not like I go. It's just weird. Cause they're I'm not a, like I'm humans. A, I'm a man. I'm a man. I got to my men don't need to be kissing women. My, my <laughs> action stars don't need to be kissing. No, women. no, I don't care about saving the day. Else. Anybody else. But it's just Tom Cruise <laughs> is like an alien to me. And so is the rock. And so it's almost like weird. It's just weird. It's just weird to me. I, I, I think I'm not weirded out as much with The Rock just because, dude, he's The Rock and he's all charm. You know? I mean, The Rock can do no wrong in my book. Yeah. The Rock, the rock could probably commit the, the Rock could probably commit genocide. And I was just like, hey, man, it's The Rock. What can you do? He just gives you the <laughs> eyebrow at the end. And you're like, oh. No, it's The Rock. You just, just kill thousands of people. But hey, what do what? My hands are tied. I know I'm not alone in this because I know Tom Cruise is a weird. As much as I love his movies, he's a weird dude, and it just feels weird watching him kiss people because he's like an alien to me. But I know I'm not alone. There's got to be others out there. Um, no one records weddings anymore. I don't think. I can't remember the last time someone did that. That's not a nitpick. That's just an observation. What? Who records weddings? Like Joey? Did your brother? Did he record his wedding? I didn't record my wedding. Have you been to a wedding in the last 15 years where someone was recording it? I guess it's just the photographer. It's more about pictures and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all about, more about Yeah. And like, you're going to watch it on VHS right after it happens? It's just kind of weird. Um, any other negatives? Because I, I don't have any, really. That's kind of... Uh, I did not... Uh, I just I just did not care for that line that, that old man delivered that we talked about. You said you were down there with a black guy. I just... I get that was his character, but I this is just something I just don't really care for. Uh, uh, I, I thought it built his character so. well, actually. It's like, oh, I get it. You're just a good old boy. Yeah. yeah. No, I did. I mean, it's just like I just didn't care for it. Uh, it is definitely one of those things. Um, Fair enough. And I had uh, I had another nitpick. I'm trying to go through my notes right now. Um, y'all fill dead space. <laughs> Next time a Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I don't well, yeah, you I'm did, not a you, did, you you did you did tweet about Dragon Ball. Hey, by the way, I am. I'm watching Dragon Ball Super right now, and I'm actually angry because where the hell is Gohan? He's like 
a normal father now. Like, no, you're the strongest person in the world. You should be fighting, and he's not. He's at home changing diapers. It's character assassination. That's it. Okay, that's my Dragon Ball rant. You <laughs> that's your rant. <laughs> got to get that out. You know he's been sitting on that for like a couple of days now. Yeah, like I mean, he's Twitter been followers. tweeting about it, so it's – um. Oh, goodness. Okay. So the uh, my other nitpick, um, the movie started like very fast-paced, but then it kind of hit a lull, but then it picked back up. So it was pacing issues in the first like probably hour of the movie. So it was like fast-paced through like the first 30, 40 minutes, and then it kind of just like went into a lull, but then it picked right back up with the story. It mirrored their relationship. Right. I, for ahead, me, I'm going to go with a nitpick. When he got fired, because I felt like, yeah, he sent that mission, uh, the mission of operation, the mission statement out and everything. The memo. But <laughs> I, I would see most businesses like, well, he's still getting us the people we need, and we're still getting the money yeah. and everything. So why? I, I don't understand why they fired him. Now, if he was actually implementing some of those things, mm-hmm. then yes, I would understand why he got fired. But just sending out that mission statement and everything, I just said, uh, well, that's just Jerry Maguire. He, he's a little special, but he still gets the job done and everything. Yep, I agree. It's kind of weird to fire him. I haven't thought about that. Um, all right, well, I have random notes jotted down here. Did y'all see the Sega Genesis reference? And a Game Boy all in one movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Saw the Game Boy. Um, when he was having sex with his crazy fiance, <laughs> it was unintentionally funny because all I could see were her boobs bouncing up and down and hitting him in the chin. <laughs> How weird would that be to film? Just like <laughs> titty hitting you in the chin over and over. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Kelly Preston. But uh, very funny role in this movie. Yeah, she was not someone you want to be married to. That's for sure. Um. Uh, Another random thought I had was yeah. all of the product placement. I was just like, man, like this but it movie. Makes sense has... for this movie. Oh no, it makes sense. But I was just like, everywhere you turn, there was some product placement, and I was like, is this a Transformers movie? I didn't notice it actually. What? what can you give me some examples? Oh no, I'm just saying like every other scene there was like Reebok. There was a Reebok box either in the background oh, yeah. or somewhere. Uh, <laughs> that was part of the story too, which is which is acceptable because it's part yeah. of like his campaign to be a, on Reebok. So, so yeah. no, it's just a lot Chevy of Chevy talked about Chevy quite a bit on that. Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> hey, shout out to the camel though. Yeah, the camel. Of course I have. I felt <laughs> uncomfortable watching that scene. I was like. <laughs> Is that camel going to get me, too? <laughs> he walked off with that giant hat. That's <laughs> a good scene. I'm going to keep this. It's part of my payment. But it perfectly shows how ridiculous local like car dealership commercials are. Like We have some terrible ones in Texas. Like We yeah. can make a, we can release a movie full of just Texas car commercials, and it could probably be pretty <laughs> successful. Um, the Tomball Tom, Bucks. <laughs> Tom Cruise trying to act normal. It's kind of fascinating to watch because he's like an alien to me. Um, and it's funny to watch because he's not normal. And, for example, at the bachelor party scene when he knows it's a surprise party, and he's walking in, he's like, oh, you and you and you. And you. And it's like, <laughs> who does that? It's, <laughs> like, you're so weird. Um, that's just one of the scenes where 
He's just it's like you're walking into a room, I point at Jordan, I'm like, Jordan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird watching him try to act like one of the guys because it's like he's like a robot programmed like, oh, this is what they do on TV, so I will do it. You know. Um, <laughs> did you notice that when he got fired, he put his box of stuff down and made that declaration yeah. and left without his box? Yeah. He, he left without his box. Oh, yeah. He um, probably figured, I don't need this anymore. Anyone can take it except for grabs. Nah, it's just a continuity thing, I think. So what I didn't uh, realize is that that scene is parodied uh, where he walks out in one of my favorite comedies, Half-Baked, because uh, Jim Brewer gets fired at the record shop, and he was like, all right, who's going with me? Who's going with me? No one's and following I, Jim Brewer. I thought that was so hilarious. <laughs> then, like I said, the last time I watched this movie, I was a child. So when I was rewatching it this time around, I was like, oh, shit, that's from Half-Baked. But I was like, oh, no, that's actually Half-Baked got it from here. But it was just so funny to see that. So I love that scene. <laughs> All right, Jared, do you have any more random notes? You want to just go down your list? All right, random, random. Just, just finish your list off, then I'll finish mine. Okay, so... Jordan, you don't take um, notes. That's why I didn't call you. But you can just comment. <laughs> um, no, um, Regina King played. Uh, like I, I'm going to get into her later, but it she was just fantastic, and just I love the relationship that she had with her son, and I thought it was so funny. It, I mean, it's not random. You already talked about it. it. Was like, hey, go kiss your dad on the TV, and he actually goes up and kisses the TV. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. I was like, yes. um so yeah i had that one and then the other one i had which was the goldfish the goldfish like you work in an office like a nice fancy office and all they have is goldfish (laughs) like you mean like a fish i can buy for like five dollars i'm not talking about like a 600 700 exotic fish you don't have to have that but you can they're they're fish in between like goldfish and exotic fish and they just had goldfish in the tank. They, I, they, they wouldn't be my agents with just, just goldfish. If I walk into the office <laughs> and it's a goldfish, I'm not hiring you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jared putting his foot down. Goldfish <laughs> is the deal breaker. <laughs> uh, I didn't really I didn't think about that. But you're right. Usually an office like that would have you know something more exotic. But yeah. Oh well. Uh, can I say say something there? The last game. How many hospital throws were they giving our man there? They they were setting him up for. Failure. Oh my god, he was what? getting mer- hospital, hospital throws. throws. Dude, you just trying to send him to the hospital? The amount oh. of throws they gave him there. No, he just kept throwing. Hey, like go over the middle. I'm gonna hit you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, throws it low or throws it high over the middle. It's like, yeah. oh no. He needs a new quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he sure. said that he did need a new quarterback. He did say that. Yeah. But All I right. was that's what I was thinking the last game, just like, oh, why? Why are you doing that to your starter? You got more on your list, Jared? Oh no. Okay. The goldfish the goldfish was the most important thing. <laughs> I agree. The fact that And it popped into the movie throughout. <laughs> All right, um, Mel Kiper and other ESPN personalities were, were on, in this movie. If you watched SportsCenter and ESPN in the early 2000s, or even mid-2000s, like 2008 and 9, 10, you recognize a lot of people in this movie. Um, Kush's dad is an asshole racist. Um, 
kind of weird to be kissing her boobs and stuff on the front porch of her house. Oh gosh, yes. That wasn't romantic <laughs> at all. I was just like, I'm, I that I did that was a mental note. I didn't write that one down <laughs> because I was just watching and I was like, Please are they not. still on the porch? Like my hands were up in the air. I was like, are they still on the porch? No, they what? Yeah, so, I was like, yeah. please stop kissing her and taking her dress off in front of her child's bedroom. This is weird. Um, really like the scene where Ray accidentally alerts his mom that Jerry's listening in the hallway. Oh, hi, Jerry. And this is right <laughs> after she's like, I love him. I love him so much. And he's just in the hallway listening. That was just really cool. Little moments like that I liked. Um, Ray crying as he's about to move to San Diego legitimately broke my heart. I've already talked about it. He's like, go ahead and go. That kid was great. Um, during that scene, Tom Cruise is wearing a Sonics vs. Suns playoff t-shirt, and I want it so bad. That is, like, the most 90s t-shirt ever. It's got, like, the giant head of Sean Kemp dunking on somebody. Oh, yeah. It was a great t-shirt. If you go back, watch it. Ever make sure, why don't they make shirts sure that cool anymore? Hold on, this is going to be a side tangent. Go ahead. Preach. 90s, 90s shirts were the best shirts ever made. Like, so, like, nowadays, like, any kind of graphic shirts I don't wear because they're just like, oh, hey, we're trying to be cool. No. Fuck that. Be outlandish as hell. And, yes, I will wear it. That's what I'm I'm celebrate here. I'm sitting sitting here wearing a a tie-dye T-shirt. Give me outlandish. That's funny because I just bought a bunch of, like, just colored, plain colored, white, black, gray light red just t-shirts without graphics yep. on them because i just yep. i don't care for it anymore even though i'm wearing a blockbuster t-shirt right now but that's just you know that's just advertising i mean no like even that shirt i would wear out in public because hey it's like has the vapor wear style where like the sun is like lined maybe I mean, a blockbuster night y'all yeah i'm that's sorry people, y'all can't. late 80s early 90s there. <laughs> so that's what i'm saying that's like the type of shirt i would wear out in public even to this day but like they don't make shirts that no, they don't. dope anymore Seriously, go back on YouTube and watch that scene, and you'll be like, that is a really cool shirt. Um, last random note I have is, I think the baseball field at the end scene, when the sun ray throws that, that baseball and it's like surprises everybody, I swear, I swear, that's the same baseball field and hill that they're on from the movie Hook, when Robin Williams misses the sun's baseball game after promising he'd be there. I swear. I swear, I recognize it instantly, and it's weird because I've seen Hook like a million times, and I'm like, that's the same field, and I'm probably the only one who, who like recognized that. But just it's throwing been a it long out time there. since I've seen Hook. Oh, man, we should that should be coming up soon. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to the categories. All right, here's my nominees for the best scene. If I missed any at the end, please throw them in. We have the show me the money phone call. All right, that's. That was a great scene. He's just yelling, I love black people! <laughs> as loud as he can. And the whole office is just looking at him like, this dude got fired and lost his mind. Um, I have the car scene with the kid in the back saying, did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? And just like spouting off facts. And he's like, did you know that Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame and he leads the league and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like going back and forth. Um Ray and Jerry on the couch when Jerry's drunk and he's just like telling him about his life and Ray's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. That's also the scene with the phone call where Ray picks up the phone call for Rod Tidwell. Um, help me help you. 
and the showers, that whole scene, because that scene starts with, I think, well, actually, this might remove it from the nominations, a bunch of naked men in the shower, and you like see their asses. And I think this may be the scene, too, where the reporter drops the mic and has to like, look away while picking it up awkwardly. Um, the wedding scene was great. Rod Tidwell singing his heart out. Oh, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. What's going on? Um, And then the oh, another random note, by the way, is they used the NFL actual NFL teams. Just the theme that we've talked about how they these Jack Ryan movies can't do it, and finally they did. Um, The uh, last nominee I have is the Arizona versus Dallas game with his idiot brother saying like, "You don't show up for prime time" and stuff like that, and um, the whole injury scene where he's like. He finally wakes up. He's like, let me enjoy this for a second. All right. And he makes a show out of it. I think that was just a great scene from the tension to when he's hurt. You don't know what's going to happen to the celebration when he wakes up and he's fine. All of it. Um, I do like in that scene, too, how Jerry Maguire has the wits about him to call um, Regina King and just kind of stay on the phone with her and like narrate what's going on. I thought it was really cool of their relationship to do that. Did I miss any besides, I guess, the ending scene when he's like, you complete me and all that stuff, but I don't think it's the best. Did I leave any out, y'all? It's one of the most quotable ones, though. though. So ironically, you, you said it's not the best scene <laughs> in the categories there, so that's interesting. No, uh, I think I think those are all the ones I could think of, but nope. Yeah, Jared? I'm I'm in agreement with those. All right, Jared, which one is your favorite scene in the whole movie? Uh, best scene. So it's... So it's hard because my best and or what I think is the best and versus my favorite are two different scenes. Um, my Tell favorite scene, my favorite scene is the show me the money, but I think the best scene is the uh, Monday night football game, the injury. Mm. Yeah, you got to pick mm. one. So I I like I really want to do the show me the money because I was definitely dying laughing. But I, I got to go with the uh, football scene at the end of the movie. All right, Yorton? I will go part, pretty much where he is, but in particular with Tillman's family the whole time there, where they're watching it on TV. Like, all those scenes in there, that scene there, I, I enjoyed. And I think I that's why it's the family interaction. I think that's why I chose it, too. It's just because it shows the football game and then also shows what the spouse goes through during a football game, mm-hmm. right? I left one out, Ray asking for a hug from Jerry uh, with Bruce Springsteen, but that's not going to win anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I think it's, for me, it was show me the money, the wedding scene, and the football game at the end. And I think the football game is probably going to win. So we're going to go with that. That's the winner. All right. Best line in the movie. This is great. So whether or not this movie makes our Hall of Fame or not, like you can't deny that Cameron Crowe has lines in movies that there's a lot of nominees. Like He has some iconic some iconic lines. Um, early in the movie, Renee Zellweger says, first class is what's wrong, honey. It used to mean a better meal. Now it means a better life. That's kind of profound. Um, show me the money! Jerry, does that make you feel good just to say that? Say it with me one time, Jerry. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 show you the money. Not, not show you, show me the money. Show me the money. Yes! Louder! Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. 
No, I air dry. <laughs> that, was that was another part I laughed at. He's that's so in character too. Uh, no, I air dry. <laughs> help me help you. God, help me. Help me, Rod. Help me. Help you. Help me. Help you. Help me. Help you. And then um, when the sister's giving advice to uh, Renee Zellweger and she's like kind of Renee's like crying because she's freaking out that the kid hugged Jerry and they have that relationship. And the sister goes, take it easy now. Don't cry at the beginning of the date. Cry at the end like I do. Right. (laughs) And then she walks off and the sister goes, oh, dear. Like she just knows this girl's in trouble. Um, A real man would not shoplift the pootie from a single mother. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you, dog. But uh, a real man would not shop the pootie from a single mother. I didn't shoplift the pootie. All right. I shoplifted the pootie. Yep. There we go. There we go. The kid yelling, that's my mofo. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously you have the the very famous you complete me and you had me at hello. Like are we gonna this isn't You don't you don't have Tillman's kid or mom telling his kid to kiss the TV. No, that's more of a moment. Rather than it's a line. It's still a line. But I, I don't know. It, it didn't make the cut. Um, uh, I do feel like the most iconic are gonna be, you know, like show me the money, you had me at hello, and you complete me. And so that weighs into the decision a little bit. But what's your best slash favorite line of this movie, Jared? You don't shoplift the pootie from a single mother. <laughs> that that I'm I'm sorry guys. Uh, for it's me that one. should be that should be on one of the most quotable line lists of all time because you complete me. Oh, uh, that's oh oh uh, you had me a hello. That's boring shit. No, no now. boring no boring stuff here. You can't we talk about that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like, so I. Hey, you can't. Do not shoplift pootie from a single mother. That's good. That's a. That's a life lesson we can pay yeah. forward to our kids. I agree. <laughs> Jordan, what about you? I was going to say with the mother with the go kiss your father on the TV. I like <laughs> that. Right, fair enough. And the, to me, the kids were like the best part of the movie, apparently, because I'm thinking, because that scene in particular with the kid, uh, the mom saying that, that stuck with me even the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, that's sweet. That is cool. I, I do. I God, that. their relationship's so good. Yeah. But I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick with Jared and say a real man would not shoplift the pootie from a single mother because it's just, you know, you learn something. It's good advice. Yeah. I will <laughs> say that is good advice, and I won't argue guys with that because that was a funny one. MVP of the movie. I don't even know. Jared, are you still with us? Because your screen is all blurred out. Did we lose recording. him? All right, Jared's back. He he uh, he timed out on us, but he's back. All right, we're at MVP of the movie. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin because there's so many. There's so, you got Cameron Crowe, obviously, because this made him like a bona fide star in the director writer world uh, writer director world you have tom cruise because he was just 
Ignamic. He was just, you couldn't take your eyes off him. But, man, it's hard to turn down. Um, what's his name? Rod Tidwell. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Gooding. fantastic. Regina King, Jay Moore. Like, you have a bunch of – that little boy, Renee Zellweger. I mean, if we're talking about, like, which movie helped whose career first or the most, it's between Cuba Gooding Jr. and Renee Zellweger, you know? Um but who's uh, how do you know who to pick? Jordan, you go. Who who you who'd you pick? Uh, I was gonna go with uh, with the kid. <laughs> of of kid. course, he telegraphed that. He, yeah, tele- he telegraphed. telegraphed your punch. Um, Jared. Should not be surprised. Uh, no, I am. Uh, it's a tough one. Um, since we're not doing co MVP, so I got to go with Rod Tidwell, Cuba Gooding Jr. I do too. Like the kid's That's great. That's a fair but... one. Man, you leave this. No, away. Regina was my number two. Or not Regina. Sorry. Renee. Um, Renee was my number two. I'm going with Cuba Gooding Jr. as well. He he won the movie, I think, because he was just. He's the person you. You, you know, if you walk out the theater, you're like, that was really sweet. And then on the way home, you're talking about his character for like 40 minutes, you know? Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know. He's the. I think he's the easy winner, but man, there's. If he wasn't in the movie, there's there's a lot of people who could have had it. All right, well, it's time for our, our, our new segment. It's our second week called Shout Out. Anyone you want to shout out in this movie, Jared? Uh, shout out uh, two people. Number one, uh, probably the best actor in this entire movie, Regina King. Um, fantastic. This lady is just amazing at everything she does. Like, she just does not miss when it comes to acting. She delivers every single line with just the purest of passions. And I just loved I, every time she steps on the screen. I just love her. Um, and then shout outs to our slime ball, Jay Moore. Jay Moore is uh, my pick. Doing the dirty work. Awesome. Uh, Jay Moore is a road grader. He is a he's that role player. Like we talked about six man last week, but sometimes the seventh, eighth man is just as crucial. And that's Jay Moore. He just comes out of nowhere on the bench, off the bench, and just puts in work. He's like, look, I know I'm supposed to be the scumbag. You're not supposed to like me in this movie, and that's what I'm going to do. I want to say something about Regina King and that whole relationship is it was, it's very easy to write a movie about a black wide receiver professional athlete who maybe doesn't have the best relationship, and it's very easy to fall into that trap. But the relationship and family life that he gave Rod Tidwell and, and Regina King I thought was just a great choice. And the fact that they're the they're the ones who Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger kind of compare themselves to, like, man, how do we get on that level? I just thought it was that whole relationship was just well, beautiful. I'm yeah, yeah. I picked it as the my favorite scene with her in it in, mm-hmm. in particular. Just um, yeah, really good loving relationship there that felt honest and, and good. She's like involved in his life, like not life, but like career. Like, no, you're Rod Tidwell. You don't take this crap money, you know? Like, you yeah, she cool. was out there yelling at Jerry. Like, every opportunity she got, she was like, you don't do that. You don't do this. And it's just like, that's, I mean, it's just, and also just Regina King is just such an amazing actress. I, like, she's getting her flowers now, but like, she needs, like, she needs to start getting her awards now because she's just so fantastic. Yeah. Everything know, like, she Watchmen, does. Watchmen, right? Was she in Watchmen? Oh, right? Yeah, yes. she was. Yeah, she was good. I had a Watchmen TV show. Oh my god! Like, just whatever she touched, she turns to gold. Yorton, who's your pick for a shout out? Mine's Jay Moore, by the way. I thought, first of all, Jay Moore is hilarious. 
outside of this movie. He's a great comedian. He didn't he didn't he had like two years on SNL and he didn't get a lot of screen time and he had a lot of anxiety and he finally just kinda of quit. But since his SNL career, he he, he hasn't like exploded, but he's he's hilarious. I, he he used to come on a podcast I listen to all the time and he was just I'd have to pull over the car because I was just laughing so hard. Like he's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, he's um, a really good guy. He was great in this movie. Yeah. Yorton, who's your shout out? I'll go with also a little shout out because I enjoyed his little quick scenes that he had every time. Jerry Maguire's mentor, the old man that would come up and oh, give yeah. a little that's advice. A yeah. I'll, I'll go with that as a, that, my shout that's out. A, that's a real good shout out right there. Yeah. He just like popped up. Oh, yeah. This guy again. Um, the only question I have is I wonder why the NFL let this movie use their likeness. Like, how come they didn't let any other movies? They didn't even let the replacements well, use yeah, their likeness. You, you have to pay for those licenses. But a lot and of times they are expensive. No. They said no and, to a lot of movies. But you have to also show it in a very positive light, and Correct. that's exactly what yes. they did in this movie. Yeah, talking I mean, about concussions you, and all that stuff. Nope. They, I mean, then they trotted out like Troy Aitman, like that was a golden child. Also, by the way, sorry. Cool. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on a football rant. I'm gonna go on a football go. rant, guys. Yeah, y'all. If you're listening in the car, just skip ahead 30 seconds. Go ahead, Jerry. Troy Aitman is not that good of a quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and sit there and say it. He was surrounded by the greatest team of all time. Great offensive linemen, great running backs, great receivers, great defense. This dude, only his his highest touchdown, his highest touchdowns was 36 in a season. Okay, but that's, that's poor man's money. No, he that, still performed the, under pressure. Uh, that's one no, of the I, whatever. Now what? that's, that's before uh, they threw the ball every Top play. tier greatest of all time? It was a no, running league. I wouldn't say that. But he did he did his job when it was needed to be done and he did it good. Jordan's all about just do your job. Tom Cruise <laughs> did his job in this movie. You know, the movie did his job. I'm sorry, it's not an exciting statement, but that's how I'm, I. We uh, got yeah. Bill Belichick over here. Just do your job. Okay, Jared. Exactly. I will say he may be a little bit overrated, but he's okay. a great quarterback. Yeah, I'm not okay. going to put him with uh, uh, Tom Brady or or Peyton. anything even, like that. Even Patrick Mahomes is like could throw circles around this guy. Yeah, but it's also just a different era where they grow up throwing the ball every play, you know. Okay. All right. I d- I d- All right. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, listener. You got more to say, so- you know. Sorry, you listener. Go ahead. No, I, no, no. no. Keeping with Troy Aikman for a second with the movie, when, it, when the dude was like, hey, do you remember Troy Aikman? <laughs> no, I've never heard of him. <laughs> I was like, of course you know who Troy Aikman is. It's hey, have you, of course you know who Troy Aikman is. Have you, heard, have you heard of a little-known superstar athlete, Squint, <laughs> Troy Aikman? <laughs> I just paused for a moment there. My head turned. I was like, what? Of course he knows. He's a freaking agent. That's funny. It's, yeah, it's like 1996. He just won like his third Super Bowl or whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah, I know who Troy Aikman is. Uh, all right, so moving on to trivia. The role for Jerry Maguire was originally written for Tom Hanks, which I thought oh. would have done good, but I feel like Jerry Maguire or Tom Cruise was slicker, you know. But by the time Crow had finished writing the movie, Hanks had, was 40 instead of 35, and Hanks had rejected an earlier draft of the script because he didn't buy that uh, Jerry and Renee got married. Crow was adamant <laughs> that they get <laughs> well. Crow was adamant that they get married because otherwise it's a movie about a guy who just sleeps with a girl from the office. So. Kind of a deal breaker. The cute little kid is now grown up 
and is a mixed martial arts fighter. Oh. Well, there you go. I remember hearing about that a few years ago. He's like ripped. Yeah, he was in St- Stuart Little. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Cuba Gooding uh, Jr.'s dad was banned from the set <laughs> because when he was first introduced to Tom Cruise, he said, but seriously, are you gay or not? <laughs> 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 and so he was banned because he asked Tom Cruise if he was gay. Um, <laughs> Jerry Maguire is the fifth highest grossing movie or romantic drama of all time. The film had a budget of $50 million, grossed $273 million worldwide. Um, yeah, we went over that. Um, when Renee Zellweger was Weger, I don't know, I've said it 14 different times now. When she was cast, it had been so long since she had worked that she didn't have enough of a balance to make a withdrawal from the ATM machine. So she was broke as hell. Wow. The last one I have is show me the money at 25 and you had me at hello at, at 52 are on AFI's top 100 movie quotes. So that's pretty iconic for a mo- one movie to have two quotes on there. All right, y'all. It's my favorite game. Uh-oh, Jordan. Are you, are you ready, Jordan? Tomatoes game. Yeah. Before we get into it, though, I want you guys to know we have, a, we have a, an intro to this. We have a song to introduce the game. Y'all ready for it? Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. This sounds to hear terrible. This. this sounds this is terrible. Have you heard it yet? I don't think. No, I no. Okay. I'm just, I'm just anticipating. Oh my god! All right, I'm so ready for this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's the right Oh, gosh. Uh, give me some credit for that. I sat in front of my computer, and I, I found the Mossy Nissan. Mossy Nissan. And I just found the audio of the, the instruments, and I was like, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I recorded <laughs> I think it's, I cracked up for like an hour recording that. Okay. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? Well, who won last time? Jared did. So, Jared, yes. you get to go last. Yorton. What this movie I'm going, today. even though I wasn't a huge fan of it, I know how popular it is. So I'm going to go 92. Dang, okay. Jared. Oh, you're in tune for the moon. Uh, 92, that's a good one. I'm going to go 87. For two weeks in a row, Jared Gibson wins. The movie's at 83%. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. oh wow! I thought Wait, it was honestly going to do a lot better than that. Yeah, it's wow. an 83. Hold on, no, sorry, my joy just turned into <laughs> what the hell? 83. I'm so bad now, like with my mediocre comments about it. <laughs> oh boy, I mean, 83 on Rotten Tomatoes is still really high. It's certainly fresh. But there's enough credit critics where it's like, okay, I don't feel like I'm the odd man out now. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. A, but yeah, no, I I'll take I'll take my victory speech now for uh, my my two week win streak um, because I've never lost at this game. Um, <laughs> so the the last ones didn't count, Jordan. Sorry. Um, this has been the Rotten Tomatoes game. I just wanted to play it one more time. Um, all right, so let's talk about the hottest take. So, 
I went back into the user reviews instead of the critics because they make me laugh a lot more. So <laughs> one user said, I saw this movie recently, finally succumbing to decades-old hype. Wow. What a boring piece of lazily written trash. This has to be the most disappointing movie I've ever seen, besides Matrix 2. <laughs> Renee Zellweger is great, however, but the rest is just embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I, I chose that one because he, he also shit on Reverend Matrix 2. Matrix which he loves. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this one's a little long. I'll be quick. Truly ludicrous and dated plot and script, Jerry Maguire is a completely functional, watchable film, but it makes me real mad, like, at all times. Honestly, I blame Cameron Crowe, who seems to have a very Christopher Nolan, alien-like perspective on human relationships and sentimentality. Ah! It's difficult to quantify every single ridiculous thing about this film, but let's start with the premise. A career hyper-capitalist businessman suddenly grows a conscience, and then supposedly without drugs, writes a 110-page communist drugs. manifesto without, he calls it a communist manifesto, manifesto about how the business should operate and everyone reads it and some people are really moved by it and he gets fired just for writing it. You know what? Fuck this movie and I'm not going to waste the energy. <laughs> nice. I like his conviction, yeah. but he's wrong. But I like his conviction. I think it was only 25 pages, yeah, if I remember right pages. from the movie. But I also didn't think any of the guys really read that much about it. They just like skimmed it or something. It was like, oh, he's going to get fired or that. Yeah, it was a funny thing. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of Tom Cruise, but this movie is just him and a bunch of characters shouting dialogue with no subtlety. No one just shuts the fuck up for one minute. (laughs) And there's honestly not one point in the story I cared about what was happening. And that's a serious problem for a film that has no visual style. Dialogue, which just doesn't have anything compelling, and almost a two and a half hour running time. Oh yeah, and it was nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> okay, and the last one is I quit watching after 30 minutes. Everything about this movie about this movie fails, and it's just as loud and un- it's a sorry, it's just a loud, uncomfortable, annoying film. Now these people, so look, the people who loved it really liked it. The people who hated it, holy shit, they did not like it. Um. Roger Ebert says the film's often a delight, especially when Cruz and Zellweger are together on screen. He plays McGuire with the earnestness of a man who wants to find greatness and happiness in an occupation where only success really counts. She plays a woman who believes in this guy that she loves and reminds us that true love is about idealism. Cuba Gooding Jr., so strong in Boys in the Hood, is fine here in a much different role. Finally, the movie is about transformation, about two men who learn how to value something more important than money. And about two women who always knew. Fair enough. Um, Jared, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I would. Jordan? I'm still going, even though I'm not big into it and everything, I still am just because it's such like an early or late 90s uh, movie that was talked about and everything so much that I'm like, you, you should watch it just get a lot of the references and stuff because the movies were quoted so much. That's the same excuse I tell my kids why we have to read Romeo and Juliet. It's because okay. it's just part of the cultural lexicon. You just got to understand. Yeah. But um, So that's a glowing review by Jordan. Um, I would also recommend it as well. Um, I think you have to see this movie at least once in your life. Jordan, would you put this in the Blockbuster Hall of Fame? 
I think it's clear, no. <laughs> All right, Jared, would you put this in the Hall of Fame? Unfortunately, no. I would not either, but I would say if you see this movie on TV, there's like eight scenes I'm going to sit down and watch, you know? And the only reason I say it's not in the Hall of Fame is because I, I, I've seen this movie probably six times in 20 years, and that's just not enough for a movie that I've seen to put in the Hall of Fame. You know, like I've seen Varsity Blues like 40 times <laughs> in comparison. I've seen Mortal Kombat like 30 times. So, I mean, those are Hall of Fame type movies for me. What's up, Jordan? Oh, I don't have anything. Uh, you had your mic up to your mouth. All right. Um, next week's a fun one, y'all. We're going to talk about Almost Famous. And this is like, Almost Famous is... That's your baby right there. Well, it's like autobiographical, too, for Cameron Crow. It's like a true story of his his childhood. Um, so, it's it's going to be a fun time. Have you... Have, Jared, or Jordan, have you seen... Almost famous. Yeah, I saw it once with you at the uh, apartments. Oh I, yeah, back uh, in college. Right. Yeah, because I know how much you love this movie. Jared, have you seen it? Uh, I've only seen it when it first came out. So like Jerry Maguire. Okay. I don't, but I remember certain scenes, but I don't remember like the actual like plot and the in-depth stuff because I was so young when I watched it. Fair enough. I mean, um, yeah. So it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. Um. Even though these aren't Hall of Fame movies, I still feel like they're. I'm enjoying watching them. You know. Um, I mean, yeah. Like we've all said, we've re- we'd recommend both of the movies to people who haven't seen them, um, just because of the cultural impact of both movies. Um, and they're they're enjoyable to watch, but they're just not. They're they're like Hall of Very Good, as I keep saying. These are these are Hall of Very Good. Not not just they don't belong on the mantle with some of all fears and Matrix. Are only two <laughs> out of ten movies. Um, God, I can't believe some of all fears made the list, but like I was not expecting that at all. I mean, it was unanimous. We I all, know. all... <laughs> so weird. Um, all right, y'all. Um, my voice cracked there. Um, we're gonna leave <laughs> the Instagram, our Instagram accounts, and Twitter, and all that fun stuff in the bio of this episode. Also, if you have any questions, please shoot us an email at blockbusterhof at gmail.com. Um, that's it, y'all. I will see you guys next week with Almost Famous. Later, y'all. Later.